Uh, hello class. I hope everyone's doing really well today. My name is Hunter Jackman and I am an anthropology student here at Cal State San Marcos. And we are, I'm here with my team today and we are going to basically discuss the topic of unilineal cultural evolution. And my team members here are um, Oscar Villasenor, Chanel Thomas, I'm also an anthropology major. Um, these guys are awesome. We're really, we're really excited that they're here and to discuss this uh, interesting topic that we can see the effects of in society today and that has, you know, set a narrative uh, to go off of um, in our society. And so this, this topic was coined by anthropologist E.B. Tyler. He suggested that unilineal evolution suggests that all cultures evolve through these sequential stages, those stages in particular being savagery, barbarism, and finally, civilization. This idea really kind of mimics how most societies are taught to view social classes today. This form of theory by Tyler suggested that the white Anglo-Saxon male as being the more civilized, while other cultures were considered less than. This is based off a scale of technology and what was considered advanced in culture of Anglo-Saxon white individuals. Um, this assumption that cultural evolution plays is that society develops from simple to more complicated, albeit that there is different rates, and these explain why different types of societies exist in the world. Um, so these, these theories would later be proven untrue and rejected by future anthropologists. So what do you guys think? Um, what do you guys, that's just kind of the definition I've thrown out there and just want to discuss some points with my team here. Well, I'll just go ahead and say, you know, like E.B. Tyler, he did believe that um, people in different locations were equally capable of developing and pro progressing three, those three stages that you listed. And for him to be able to account for those cultural variations, he did note that societies were, um, were at different stages in evolution. So that's why they progressed at different times. Um, they, did, they did suggest that um, these ethical periods um, may be split into three eras, um, but mostly divided by technological innovations. Um, for example, these innovations were um, the discovery of fire, um, the use of the bow and arrow, and um, pottery, which are all innovations of the savage area, uh, era. Sorry. Um, the, then came the domestication of animals, agriculture, and metalworking in the barbarism era. And finally came the alphabet and the writing in the civilization era. Um, to these eras of technological innovations, um, it led Morgan to believe that there was a link between the social progress and te technological progress. But what if the technological progress was linked to morality rather than social progress? That's a good point. A question I, I have for you guys, I guess, is why, why do you think these, you know, these white Anglo-Saxon men who created the scale of cultural evolution in the first place, why do you think they would call 
these different technological eras as primitive or savage or barbaric? What would that do for them? If you guys catch my drift. Yeah. So I think like with labeling their culture above all other cultures, they're giving themselves that hierarchy Mm -hmm. and they are placing everyone else below them. And it's kind of creating that racism, Mm -hmm. that systematic racism that has been around for such a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Like, um, Shana was uh, saying, uh, they, they have placed this hierarchy, um, above all other cultures. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they have, uh, they have placed themselves at the top of the mountain, I guess, you know? Right. Yeah. And that would benefit them in society. Right. Um, and What's interesting is these, these, these anthropologists also suggested the psychic unity of mankind. Uh, awesome. And so another uh, assumption that's embedded in this uh, cultural, uh, unilineal cultural evolution is psychic unity of mankind. Um, this is a weird co- uh, concept. It's interesting. It suggests that human minds share similar thought patterns and will produce similar responses to similar stimuli. This basically means that all people in their societies will go through the same processes of development. But these cultural evolutionists believe that psychic unity was dependent on upon the stage of evolutionary development. And so this is interesting because culture is constantly changing. It is not static. Any and I would, thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah, I would like to just throw in there that um, Tyler also, he mentioned simple diffusion And that is just that cultural traits may spread from one society to another, from borrowing traits from one society and that they come into contact with. So it kind of goes back to what you're saying, like culture is not stagnant. Culture is always changing and evolving. Mm -hmm. We're always coming into contact with different people from different parts of the world. And those things that we learn from other cultures rub off on us. And Mm -hmm. that's what changes our culture as well. Yes. So I think that was like one of the assumptions that stood out to me. Um, also, the second assumption, I don't know if you were going to mention, but it was superiority of Western culture. Oh, yes, yes. And that one was the assumption that Western societies had more sophisticated technology, like Oscar mentioned, and that the belief that Christianity was the one and true religion. So with that one, you know, they kind of, placed Western society at the top, like like Oscar said, yeah. at the top of that mm-hmm. mountain where everything below that was viewed as a savage or mm-hmm. um, barbaric and not evolved or not civilized. Yes, yes. That, yeah, that's, that's, and it, what's, uh, what's also interesting in this point is that there's a, there's a concept in anthropology uh, called armchair anthropology, which is you know, it's a, one of the bigger reasons why many misunderstandings and purposeful misinformation is perpetuated out there by anthropologists at the time. Um, it really is an early, and it's, it's by the way, it's it's done in a way with method of anthropological research that did not involve direct contact with the people that who were involved in the study. I mean, what what would that do to a person who you're sitting back in your 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 big home, whatever, and you're your education, and you're making these assumptions of people. How would unilineal cultural evolution um, play into that, into those people's lives, about one one person making an assumption on a whole culture and how they should behave, and they behave because of this and that? What are you guys' thoughts on that? 
I'd say that, you know, a lot of a lot of the discredit come came from that, you know, because these evolutionists, Henry, um, Tyler and Spencer, they did not go out and physically do this ethnography. They didn't go out and do that work. They that participant observation. Right. They just stuff. took the information that they've got from other people and categorized a, a society based off things that they heard, not things that they actually went out and studied and things that they participated in. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, in doing that, you know, you're not getting the full picture of a, of a culture, of a society. You're only looking at what is given to you and you're going off of that. So I think um, that's why a lot of this um, unilinear evolution was discredited. Mm -hmm. Those narratives can really affect people um, that you, you give to someone, those assumptions, those narratives, like you were saying, Chanel, about how it discredits people um, when you're not even involved uh, directly in, in their culture or their lives. And you have cultural ethnocentrism, um, just basing off someone's culture off of your worldview of how culture should be and what's normal in society. And, you know, um, those narratives, they were constructed... Um, if, if you write a narrative early enough, people, years and years, it'll, it'll begin to cement, and you can see the effects kind of into other, other aspects of society. Um, we see with um, Woman the Gatherer, that article that we studied in class, the narrative that man is the provider and the all-powerful go-out, go-getter, uh, while the woman stayed behind tending to children, it painted a, a vastly different picture that I think definitely had negative connotations to society. Just to go back on what you were saying about woman, the gatherer, and how that shaped our society. If you look at our gender roles now in society, yeah. you know, going back to this unilineal evolution and how we are supposed to evolve, women are supposed to be the caretakers at home, taking care of the children, cooking, staying at home while the men go out and hunt and provide for their family. Um, that has shaped the way we see gender roles now in our yeah. society. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to just go back off of um, Morgan and what he was stating about these stages that were, that family evolved through these six stages. You know, that first one being um, promiscu promiscuity, why can't I do that? promiscuity yeah. with no sexual prohibitions or structures. The second one being a group of brothers that were married to their, to a group of sisters. Then that third one where it was group marriage and there was no brother sister marriage. It was just a group marriage. And then four where males were paired with females who lived with other people. And then that fifth stage was the husband became dominant with families and, um, and they were more dominant over the wife. And then the sixth one is monogamous families, which is where we're at now. One husband, one wife. Morgan did believe that family units became progressively smaller as societies developed. And I think if we tie that into society now, you know, and if this is something that's looked at mm -hmm. as how societies evolved and developed, you know, to go from free for all to now and it's just one man and one woman, it's kind of limiting um, 
And it's excluding different cultures who do not believe in monogamous relationships and who do not practice that monogamous relationships. And there are plenty of cultures who do not do that. Yeah. Are they less civilized because they are not doing the things that us in the Western world are doing? Like, how yeah. can that really state how a culture evolves? Exactly. And that's, that's really the framework we see that unilineal cultural evolution has constructed, right? It's that kind of that same pattern of a scaled pattern of, you know, if you're not at the top, you are you're at considered the at the bottom. You're considered primitive or savage. And those, those terms, they hurt people and they confuse people. And they, you know, when you're... And they divide. And they divide, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, this, is, this is why this topic is so important is because... Culture does is always changing. It, it does not stay, as Chanel said, stagnant. It doesn't. It, it's it's always moving and it's always adapting to things. And just because you put it on a scale doesn't mean that it's that's how all cultures should abide by and adhere to. And so I really like those points, Chanel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And the, the the topic of cultural relativism. Oscar, did you have something to say on maybe on how we could reverse the effects of unilineal cultural evolution? Uh, yeah, uh, like like you were saying, um, cultural relativism um, is the idea that we should all seek to, you know, understand another person's belief and and their behaviors from the perspective of their own culture and not our own. Yes, yeah. and I would say, you know, that there is how anthropology should work. We should not project our personal beliefs on a culture that we think that we should be studying. If you're going to go out and study this culture in these societies, you need to accept them for how they are and what they do and not place yourself above them and, and look down on them. Yes. And it's so important. That's why what anthropology is trying to do today with participant observation and looking outside of your own culture and maybe into something else that you know, in someone else's lives that that matters. People all have voices, and this scale system that cultural evolution, unilineal cultural evolution, has uh, created, has had negative connotations in creating um, negative narratives in society today. And anthropology looks to uh, to fix that in a sense, or to examine it, and to process it, and how can we be better in a sense. So. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for being here for this podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, thank you to Oscar. Hope and you learned something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope you guys learned something. Uh, we enjoyed uh, researching it. And 